welcome to Stories of the Master. Welcome, welcome to episode 13 of the Stories of the Master podcast, where we reflect on how we can improve ourselves little by little, day by day, through sharing stories of the perfect exemplar of the Baha'i faith, Abdul Baha. Today's episode is about generosity and service, but not like we've spoken about in previous episodes. So far, I've told you about the master tending to the sick or helping the poor. I've even told you about him giving warm clothes to 600 poor people in Akka every year. But this act of service is on another level. It was something that reached international recognition. If I say any more, I'll spoil the story. So let's sit back, relax, and enjoy this incredible story of the master, Abdul Baha. The year is 1901. The master was 57 years old and still a prisoner in Akka. While trapped in the prison city, he makes a decision that confused many of the Baha'is around him. With funds he had available to him, Abdul Baha purchased 1,704 acres of scrubland near Tiberias. That is a lot of land. Friends of the master would often ask how they can be of service to the cause, and he started to give the most unusual advice. He would tell them to start purchasing land to grow wheat and corn. Unsure of the reason, but also obedient to the center of the covenant, they wholeheartedly do so. The master didn't just give these instructions from afar, he was so involved in the detail. He would guide people from these villages on how to grow corn in a way that would produce prolific harvests. As they started to do this, some friends would ask if it was now time to sell the produce and make a lot of money. But the master instructed them not to sell, but to store it all. Still uncertain of the reasons, they lovingly follow his instructions. Six years on, now in 1907, many more Baha'is from Persia had come to Palestine to begin growing more wheat on that land. Fast forward now 13 years after the first purchase of land. Something so horrific and unpredictable happens in the world. After the assassination of an important figure in Austria, the world broke out into a deadly war. It was 1914. And this was World War I. This sudden eruption of violence was a shock to many, and no one could have seen this coming. No one, except Abdu'l-Bahá. Not only did he purchase land 13 years before the war, but after he was free from prison, during his travels to the West, he warned people of this war. He had pressed this point with American politicians to try and prevent the war. He asked the fledgling Baha'i community in the West to teach the faith to as many people as possible, with the hope that if there were more Baha'is, we could have stopped this fruitless bloodshed. 
But alas, this was not achieved and the war was here. Palestine was heavily impacted by this conflict and was involved in battles. One of the big challenges came from a blockade of ships in the sea, which meant that other ships couldn't arrive into the port of Haifa to bring food and supplies for the local population. With limited local produce and an inability to source food, northern Palestine, which includes Haifa, was in a state of famine. Adding even more pressure to the lack of food supplies, an army of British soldiers were also stranded in Haifa in starvation. And there was only one person with enough food to save the country, and his name was Abdu'l-Bahá. The master ordered his friends to go to the farms where they had been storing wheat and corn and bring it back to Haifa. It took 200 camels to bring the supplies. When the food had arrived, Abdu'l-Bahá generously distributed rations of food across the city. He fed families from the rich to the poor, Muslims, Jews and Christians. He was their shield and a shelter for all mankind. An officer in command of the British army heard about this and went to consult with the master, asking about what he had. And he replied, I have corn. Astonished, the officer says, but for the British army? And Abdu'l-Bahá responded, I have corn for the British army. Not only did the master save all of northern Palestine from starvation, he rescued the British army. During this war, by no means was Abdu'l-Bahá safe. He was under direct threat from the military leader and one of the rulers of the Ottoman Empire. That man's name was Ahmed Jamal Pasha. Jamal Pasha ruled over the Ottoman Empire, and his family had held power for many years. In 1914, he authorized a preemptive strike in the Black Sea, which led to Russia, Britain and France declaring war on the Ottoman Empire only a few days later. This is what brought the British army to Haifa. This Ottoman military chief had on many occasions expressed his hate for the Baha'is. He made a clear commitment that once he wins the war, the first thing he will do is destroy Baha'i properties and hang Abdu'l-Bahá and Haifa for everyone to see. General Edmund Allenby of the British Army would not allow this. He led his soldiers and they marched north and fought Jamal Pasha's army. The battle went on for six months and during the drama, the friends of Abdu'l-Bahá feared for his safety. So they contacted Lady Blomfield, Abdu'l-Bahá's friend from London, with the message that said, Abdu'l-Bahá in serious danger, take immediate action. Lady Blomfield, who Abdu'l-Bahá gave the name Setarechanum, sent an urgent telegram to General Edmund Allenby, requesting him to protect Abdu'l-Bahá. The British army defeated the Ottoman Empire, forcing Jamal Pasha to run away and hide in Switzerland. And three years later, 
Jamal Pasha was assassinated. Upon winning the battle, Alambid immediately sent messengers to Abdul Baha's home to make sure that he was okay. Once they confirmed his safety, the general sent a cable to London saying, Have today taken Palestine. Notify the world that Abdul Baha is safe. The master, Abdul Baha, was a hero. He saved the country and the British army. This act of service could not be forgotten. By the order of the leaders of England and their representatives, the master was given a title that represents one of the highest honors for the British to be a knight, Sir Abbas Effendi. Oh, if you didn't know, Abbas Effendi was Abdul Baha's birth name. So, on the 27th of April 1920, the master was invited to the home of the British governor in Haifa for a ceremony in his honor to be awarded as a knight. The knighthood is reserved for the most valiant heroes in battle and no one saved more lives than Abdul Baha. The honor would make Abdul Baha a real world dignitary and his companions knew it, especially one person, the master's longtime faithful servant, Esfandiar. Esfandiar loved serving Abdul Baha and taking him around on his simple horse and carriage. But of course, this type of vehicle is not suitable for a knight, and Esfandiar knew it. He was no longer going to be a part of the picture. He felt sad and not needed. As expected, the governor sent an elegant car to chauffeur Abdul Baha to the ceremony. Something suitable for a knight. When the car arrived, the driver couldn't see the master out the front of his home. He actually wasn't even in the house. People started scrambling, running around to find Abdul Baha. He was missing. Suddenly, he appeared, alone, walking his kingly walk with that simplicity of greatness which always enfolded him. As the master was walking towards the car, he saw his dear friend Esfandiar. He saw the sadness in his eyes and he knew how he was feeling. Abdul Baha took one look and gave Esfandiar a signal. Esfandiar knew what this meant. Abdul Baha did not want the fancy car. He wanted to be close to his companion Esfandiar and wanted to ride on this simple horse and carriage. Esfandiar excitedly dashed off to get his horse harness and brought the carriage straight to the master and took him all the way to the entrance of the garden where the ceremony would be held. Quietly and without drawing attention to himself, Abdul Baha arrived and took his place in the seat of honor. Many dignitaries attended, eager to pay their respects to the master, including General Allenby, the High Commissioner for Palestine, and the future King of Iraq. Abdul Baha received the title of Sir, which is a title he never used because his name was Abdul Baha, the servant 
of glory. Let me leave you with these words on giving from the beloved guardian and grandson of the master, Shoghi Effendi. To be continually giving out for the good of our fellows, undeterred by the fear of poverty and reliant on the unfailing bounty of the source of all wealth and all good. That is the secret of right living. Thank you for listening to episode 13. I really hope you enjoyed it and live a life of generous giving. Don't forget to subscribe and follow to catch the next episode of Stories of the Master.